Good morning, everybody. Wake up. There we go. If you uh, have your Bibles or a Bible on your phone, uh, would you turn to Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 29. Acts chapter 4. Starting in verse 29, we're going to look at three verses. I want to get right into the message, right into the word. So, Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 29, the disciples were gathered together here after uh, an event, which we'll go back and review in a moment. But here is how they prayed together as a group. They said, and now, Lord, take note of their threats And grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all boldness, while thou dost extend thy hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of thy holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. What exciting verses. Let me paint the background a little bit for you. You'll remember that Jesus, before he ascended, he told the disciples to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then the Spirit comes in power in Acts 2, uh, just a few verses. And when the day of Pentecost had come, this is Acts 2, verse 1, They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. As that chapter continues, uh, Peter preaches his first major sermon, and uh, about 3,000 souls were gathered in that day into the kingdom of God. And then uh, the next day or so, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer, and there was a lame man from birth there who was used to being at the temple, and uh, When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began to ask them for money. And uh, we remember this story that Peter and John, they fixed their gaze upon him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ rise up and walk. How many of you remember singing that song years ago? And seizing him by the right hand, Peter raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. This was a tremendous miracle. Uh, Wonder and amazement hit people, and they ran together at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. So Peter preaches a second sermon, his second major sermon. And um, 
the result of that is that he is thrown in jail. He and John are thrown in jail. And, um, and then the next day they're brought to call to a, and called to account for this miracle that occurred. So when they were placed, they placed them in the center and they began to inquire by what power or in what name have you done this? And then Peter in uh, 4 verse 12 gives this wonderful proclamation of the gospel. In one verse he says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Don't you love that verse? Hallelujah. What a great verse. And it goes on to say in verse 13, Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. There's an old saying that um, the man with an argument is at the mercy of a man with an experience. This man had had an experience. And so the chief priests and the rulers and the high priest uh, rebuke the dust, uh, Peter and John and tell them to stop speaking, but they, they say whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, but we will not stop speaking what we have seen and heard. And then we come to our text where in verse 29 they pray for boldness, in verse 30 for signs and wonders and healings, and then in verse 31 the Holy Spirit shakes the place and they begin to speak the word of God with boldness. So, I don't know about you, but I, I am not quite over the missions conference. Anybody feel that way besides me? Maybe I had a little more time to savor all that happened or to think about all that happened at that time. God must really, really love our church to send us a kickoff speaker, one of our own missionaries who's been on the continent of Africa doing missions for four decades. He speaks four languages. He's, he's a doctor of theology in a seminary. He's introspective. He's not an extrovert. And yet his life message is we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And then our kickoff speaker is a man who was, as a child, thrown away and went from foster home to foster home, and yet God miraculously saved him, and he grew up to uh, be, have a, a ministry called Frontiers to the Muslims, uh, 13, 1,400 workers around the world, five decades on the mission field. Let's not take that for granted. God must really, really love us. And then I had the privilege of hosting Bishop Anguko, who is from Kenya, and uh, he had a TCF short-term team a while back, 2009, come to his country. Well, Bishop Anguko and I went to a couple of ORU chapel services together that were very inspiring. How many of you have heard the current ORU uh, president preach? 
Billy Wilson. He is a fantastic preacher. And in the midst of one of those messages, he had a sort of just a throwaway line that sort of riveted my spirit, and that's the title of this message. He said, we pray and then plunder. We pray and then plunder. That's what I'd like to speak on this morning. And so with all this as background, the Mission Conference, Randy Harrison's book and scholarship, he wrote a book called Overwhelmed by the Spirit, the chapel services and the prophetic sensing that we've had this year so far, what has that been? A year of harvest. It's going to be a year of harvest. Uh, Joel exhorted us a few weeks ago to put the ball in play. There's been a, a stirring in our hearts about evangelism. And yesterday we had our training and went out. Um, so there's a lot of movement, I think. And uh, with all of that, I'd like to, to look at three things. I'd like to look at Acts 4. Uh, 29 through 31, our text. I'd like to look at uh, Randy's work in particular a little bit closer, a little bit of, of his life message and what's in his book. And I'd like to make uh, three points. Here they are. Here are the three points. I'll read them. I know the, the, the lettering's a little small, but... Point number one from verse 29 is this. When they were together, the disciples prayed for boldness. Verse 29. When we are together, we must pray for boldness. Uh, the point two is that when they were together, the disciples prayed for healings, signs, and wonders. When we are together... I say, let us pray for healings and signs and wonders. And then number three, when they were together, the Holy Spirit came in power and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. Let us be confident then that when we're together and we pray the way the disciples prayed, that we will also be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak the word of God with boldness. So let's look at verse 29 first. Um, and we see here that the disciples prayed for boldness when they were together, right? And the word for boldness in the Greek is uh, parousia. It occurs 31 times in the New Testament. It means that they proclaim the word openly, confidently or boldly. In our English translations, that word is translated that, those three ways, confidently, openly, or boldly. Um, boldness, I would argue, was the predominant prayer of the early Christians. Um, we could look at um, where Paul prayed for boldness. In uh, Ephesians 6.19 is the first verse where he says, Pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery 
of the gospel. And then in Philippians 1.21, let me just read that quickly to you. Philippians 1.21, no, 1.20. He says, it's my earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ shall even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. And then we have our text where I want you to consider that even though the fullness of the Holy Spirit had come, even though Peter had preached two sermons, the first one where 3,000 souls came into the kingdom, the next one 5,000 souls came into the kingdom, they'd been jailed, they'd been released, um, this lame man who was 40 years old had been uh, raised up and was able to walk with all of that in verse 29, what did the disciples ask for? Boldness. Boldness. They were still asking for boldness. Uh, Proverbs 28.1 says, the righteous flee, uh, excuse me, uh, the wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are what? Bold as a lion. Isn't that a great verse? Bold as a lion. Now, I'd like to ask you, how many of you have had some timidity or some anxiety or some fear about witnessing? Anybody? A little bit. Um, do you think that we might need as a church and, and, and as individuals to pray for boldness? Hallelujah. You're with me. We went out, my little team went out uh, yesterday, and, uh, you know, I was feeling that little bit of trepidation, what's going to happen, and the Lord just took care of that real quick. You know what happened? We went to our first house, and we knocked on this porch door, and this screaming erupted inside the house, get off my property, get out of here, we're calling the police. And uh, so we just waved and said thank you. And uh, things were a little easier after that. <laughs> you know, that, that just that smack rejection. I mean, we got past that. And we went to about, what, the next eight or nine houses? Nobody answered. But we ended up at a house that looked like it was under construction. Very sweet gal came out of the house. But before she did that, while we were knocking and waiting. By the way, there's a ton of dogs in this neighborhood. And a lot of them are really scary dogs. I mean, scary with fences. And, and uh, so we'd kind of been shell-shocked by these dogs. And, uh, but this house didn't seem to have a dog until in the door, unbeknownst to us, a doggy door opens and out comes this tiny little dog acting like a pit bull. I mean, just, you know, and it, it scared us because we weren't expecting it. You know, we kind of jumped back and it, and then the owner came out and she, she gets the dog under a little control and we're just kind of breathing, you know, and we said, what's the name of your dog? And she said, happy. 
So there's a lot of fun to be had out there. But we need that boldness. I want you to think about your personal prayer list at home. I assume you have a prayer list. Uh, Mine starts with all the people that need healing. And uh, that's kind of where I spend most of my time during my quiet time. But shouldn't we have on our prayer list, Lord, give me boldness. You know, if the disciples needed boldness, we sure need boldness. So I want to challenge you to put on your prayer list today or tomorrow morning to pray for yourself for boldness. We're not going to have that courage without praying for boldness. Uh, Randy writes on page 128 of his book, he says, there is no evidence of the disciples having great courage between the resurrection and Pentecost. Before Pentecost, Peter denies the Lord three times. Even after the resurrection, we find the disciples secluded in a room praying, not on the streets witnessing to the truth of the resurrection. However, after Pentecost, Peter preaches repentance and the forgiveness of sin, and he gives powerful testimony concerning the resurrection. The disciples have a boldness that is unquenchable. According to the pattern revealed in chapter 5, speaking the word of God with boldness and power is a common characteristic of all Luke's spirit-endowed characters. We need to pray for boldness, don't we? Hallelujah. So, not only your own personal prayers, but I, I want to challenge us as a church that in our house churches, in our Wednesday night prayer meeting, um, in our uh, large services here on Sunday morning, you know, if we're going to fulfill this call to harvest and evangelism, we have got to pray for boldness. And so, may we as a church begin to persevere in prayer for boldness on a new level. Can I get an amen? All right. Secondly, the disciples prayed for signs and wonders. Most of us would agree that in the New Testament, the primary purpose of miracles, signs, and wonders was to credential to unbelievers the reality of the gospel, right? Most of us would agree with that. Most scholars would agree with that. And a, a case in point, again, is Randy. You remember Randy telling about his childhood friend who was a, a baby buddy, a crib buddy with him in church, meaning they, they were in the same crib, you know, in their Sunday school or whatever, before Sunday school. Um, but his buddy, Rob Mitchell, had a breathing problem. As a baby, his lungs had collapsed because of a RH positive, RH negative collision through a blood transfusion. And so Rob had what's called pediatric emphysema. And so he would wheeze, you know, <gasps> and it was embarrassing to the youth group. It was embarrassing to Rob. He had been suicidal at one point. But that was life for Rob. On top of that, he had asthma. And um, 
he had to go for allergy shots about three times a week, um, thousands of dollars on treatment. Uh, but Randy tells how there was a youth retreat, and um, he wanted to go to, to, to oogle or be with the girls, and so he went, and his friend Rob went, and there was a student from Oral Roberts University who was the speaker, a, a young man named Billy Long. And after the service, he noticed Rob's breathing. And so he invited him to go back to the dorm and let me pray for you. And he, he said to Rob, do you want to be healed? And Rob said, yes, I want to be healed. So Billy laid his hands on his head and prayed. And the next thing Rob remembers is lying on his bunk and being able to breathe freely. He says, it felt like I was able to suck all the furniture in the room into my lungs. I can breathe, he told his brother Mason. Uh, Rob was wowed by this healing, and, and, and so was uh, Randy. As the news spread among the youth group on the retreat, sort of chaos broke out, he says. It was as if the roof had been removed from the retreat center, and God had come down right there among us. I became acutely aware of the presence of God in my own selfish life. I lived to please myself, never thinking about the God who loved me and gave himself for me. Even the good I did was only intended to cause others to think well of me. In that moment, I made a commitment to God. He said, wherever you want me to go, Lord, I will go. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Whatever you want me to say, I will say. I met the Lord of the universe that night, and my life changed radically. From that day forward, prayer became natural as I communicated with God, with a God so near. So Randy's own life was a testament to that first uh, number one there, to show the reality of Jesus Christ to unbelievers. And here, four decades later, he's speaking in our pulpit, um, testifying to the, his life message being how we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We can't just assume that. We can't just go through life trusting that by osmosis, we will receive it. And then a second reason is to demonstrate God's lavish compassion, right? Sometimes God just heals to show his power and his love. But um, Randy goes on to talk about uh, a third reality. And that was kind of a, the idea that miracles also help us build confidence to go out and boldly witness. Now, sometimes we feel bad if we, if we ask God for a miracle because we need some confidence. But Randy points out that between the very first word in verse 30 is a preposition, and it's the preposition, our English preposition, in with the dative. And that can mean several different things. It can mean with, um, so the reading would be, Speak thy word, uh, grant that we could speak thy word with all boldness, with you extending your hand to heal. Um, another rendering that many of you have is the word while. It's a temporal relationship between 
um, between their confidence and um, God's signs and wonders. So it's saying some of you who have NS, uh, NASBs or RSVs, you'll find the word while, while you stretch out your hand in healing signs and miracles. But, but Randy's point was there's also an, uh, a way to understand that that the King James uses, the New King James and the Jerusalem Bible, where the meaning is by or because of. So the way that would be understood is, Lord, grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence because you stretch out your hand or by stretching out your hand. In other words, there's a cause and effect between the confidence and the boldness that the disciples had and God stretching out and doing signs and wonders. And Randy really highlighted that uh, rendering and believes it to be essential to be understood. And so isn't that, are you with me? Isn't that um, interesting that we can believe in this trifold purpose, if you will, for miracles, signs, and wonders. Unashamedly, we can, we can reach out and pray to God for those uh, so that his power is demonstrated to the unbeliever, so his lavish love is demonstrated, but also that our confidence can be built. Anybody had an experience like that where your confidence was just incredibly uh, built by witnessing a miracle? Anybody? How many of you could say that? That's been true of me. I've seen a miracle. And raise your hands high so it encourages the others. <laughs> yeah, praise God. I want to read First um, Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. First Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, to show you that Paul also wanted the power of God to be a foundation of our faith. He says to the Corinthians, When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superior speech or wisdom, proclaiming you to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. So even Paul, even Paul has that weakness, trembling, fear going on. No wonder he's asking everybody to pray for boldness. Isn't that interesting? And then he goes on to say, My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. So the same man who wrote um, in Ephesians 2.8 that our faith is uh, by grace through faith, in Christ Jesus, also said that he wants our faith to rest on the demonstration of power uh, by the Holy Spirit. So we can't uh, just write this off. My brother, uh, I was in college, and my brother had just completed law school, and he was having trouble. He'd, he'd passed the bar, but he was having trouble finding a job. And he was dropping me off at the airport to go back for me to fly back to school. And I said, it just came out of my mouth. I said, Steve, I'm going to pray 
and in three, within three weeks, you'll have a job. And I got on the plane, and I thought, what did I just do? You know, it was like, where did that come from? Well, I, I hope that was you, Lord, and me not just, you know. So I thought, I better pray. So I started praying, and sure enough, Steve got a job within three weeks. And I was able to poke him a little bit about how God had answered that prayer. You may remember that Randy told the story of a family in his church, or a, a, a witnessing team in his church, who went to a house and asked if they wanted prayer, and they said yes, and they prayed for the woman's feet to be healed and for the man to get a job. And that week, both of those things happened. They were in church that Sunday. Let us pray for signs and wonders just like the early church did, unashamedly with this threefold purpose in mind, this threefold purpose. Well, as they prayed this way, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, weren't they? Um, before we talk about that, I just want to ask you, what would you say was, were Jesus's important emphasis, emphases about prayer. Um, I want to take you to Luke 11, just informally, where we find the Lord's Prayer. Luke 11, 1 through 4, is where the disciples say, Jesus, teach us to pray. And um, so we, we get the Lord's Prayer, but what comes next? Then there's the story of the persistent friend, you know, where the the friend's knocking in the middle of the night. I need food for a, an out-of-town guest. And, and the friend says, no, we're, you know, I'm asleep. And the guy keeps knocking and knocking and knocking until he, until he just is worn out. He, you know, he's not going away. And so he gets up and steps over his kids who are sleeping and gives this friend bread. We read that. And then the next verses, 9 and 10 say, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. These, these uh, words of ask and seek and knock are in the present tense in the Greek, which means ask and keep on asking. Right? And um, let's see. Then there's, at the end of that section, Luke 11, 11 through 13, he talks about, if you ask and keep on asking, the Father will give the Holy Spirit to you. He will give the Holy Spirit to you. And um, so one of, one of the biggest teachings is tenacity, right? Perseverance in prayer. Persistence, pester me, one author says. Uh, James was telling me he loves it when his math students pester him uh, because he knows they're going to get it. They're going to get it, aren't they, James? If they'll keep pestering me, they're going to get that math. If they give up, they're not. And so there's a, there's a parallel there. And then maybe another important teaching that kind of flies under the radar is if two or three of you ask anything in my name, it will be done. In other words, there's a power to group prayer. So with this teaching of Jesus as a backdrop 
I want to talk a little bit about Randy's emphasis on the Holy Spirit. I think we'll go about 10 more minutes, guys, so hang with me. So what are Randy Harrison's most important emphases on the Holy Spirit? Really, they're similar to what Jesus was saying about prayer. First of all, Randy says, we need to never stop asking to be filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. Now think of that. Randy's an introvert. He's a highly educated, very bright scholar, and yet this is his message. Uh, and I asked him in a classroom setting at ORU where he was teaching, I said, Randy, you know, some of us at TCF believe that at conversion, the fullness of the Holy Spirit enters us. Uh, others of us believe that the uh, fullness of the Spirit is a, a work that we pray for after conversion. And Randy's answer blew me away. He said, he said I have my opinion about that. But he said, what, what, I'm, what I think is... Um, the more important point of continually being filled is lost in that debate. You know, when did you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit? And he went on to say, why would anyone want to just be filled once? Isn't that a great question? Why would anybody want to just be filled with the Holy Spirit once? A second teaching of his, well, let me mention Jim Garrett's metaphor. I don't know how many of you remember, maybe a year ago or two, Jim was teaching on the Holy Spirit, and he said, the Holy Spirit is a river. It's not a pond. And that really has stuck with me, because I was viewing kind of the Holy Spirit as an accumulated pond in my life, rather than something I needed to be praying for freshness and newness, and the fullness of the Spirit uh, every day. So just a couple of thoughts from these brothers. Then Randy says, we will never be effective witnesses without the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can you say amen to that? The disciples were not courageous until they were filled with the Spirit. And I already read you that quote. In Acts, the Holy Spirit comes upon groups more than individuals. Now that thought got me excited because I think in our Western mindset, we think about the fullness of the Spirit being an individual event where we go into our prayer closet and we ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit, and there's certainly a place for that. But what about asking for the fullness of the Holy Spirit as a church family, as a community of faith, with this, with this notion, or not notion, but this reality that there is greater power when in a, with a single-mindedness we ask God together for something. So I'm excited in the days ahead as a group to be continually asking the Lord for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If we need it, how can we not ask for it. So uh, the last thing uh, Randy said is, we will see signs and wonders if we continually ask for the empowerment of the Spirit and then go 
and share the gospel. Why would anyone want to be filled just once, overwhelmed just once, empowered just once? So here are some questions in closing that I want to ask you to ponder. And you answer me. I'd like you to answer me out loud, okay? Uh, Is there a need for us as a church family and individuals to pray for boldness? Good. You got the right answer on that one. Do we think we can be effective witnesses without the continual empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Do we think we will see healings and signs and wonders and miracles if we are not sharing our faith boldly? Right, because... And it makes sense because if you look, think about that trifold reason for signs and wonders and healings, two of those are related to sharing your faith. One is for boldness for the sharer, and the other is so that the unbeliever will believe. So the only thing you have left, not that it's little, but is the compassion and love of God just wanting to heal someone out of his love and his sovereignty. But... Um, maybe, so maybe we hurt ourselves by not witnessing in this arena um, because we only are left with one reason. So probably not many. Number four, should we expect and desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit many times in our Christian life? Yes. Remember Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, do you ever want to just get altered? You know what I mean? Just kind of escape this, this world Am I a bad man if I tell you that sometimes I want to get altered in some way? I want to just kind of escape reality sometimes. There's my answer. You know, be filled with the Spirit. Number five, will we write down on our individual prayer lists to pray for boldness, signs, and wonders and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Will you do that? All right. And then the last one. Do we think that there is extra power when as a family of faith, rather than just individuals, we ask God for something like the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's a two-part question. In other words, did Jesus mean it when he said, where two or three agree on anything, I will do it? Yeah. So, here's the conclusion. So, I say, let us as a body, a faith community, let's pester God. Let's pester God and James. Let's pester God for boldness, for healings, for signs and wonders, and the fullness and the empowerment 
of the Holy Spirit on a new level going forward. Would you stand and let's pray together? You know, it's hard for me not to see this as a prophetic word for our body. Um, When I mentioned to the elders Tuesday morning that this is what I was going to preach on, there was a huge, hearty amen. So it's not just me up here saying this. I really feel that I'm speaking for the elders as well, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need boldness, and we need the confidence that comes from seeing signs and wonders. So would you pray with me? Father, first of all, we want to thank you for stirring our hearts toward evangelism. We see this as you're doing. Uh, we've, we've wanted to stir our own hearts in the past and had some success, but Lord, we sense that this is your doing. And we're very excited, Lord, uh, about what you're going to teach us. We do pray for boldness, Lord, on a new level. We pray for uh, boldness with a new intentionality. We pray, Father, that we would write it down on our prayer list. It would be on our heart at our meetings that um, we would remember that, that Paul said he wanted our faith to rest on, as well as belief, on the demonstration of power of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to be embarrassed or ashamed about that. We remember that the disciples, even after incredible uh, displays of your power, they still prayed for boldness. And Lord, we don't think we're any greater than them. So we ask you, Lord, for boldness. And we pray you'll remind us to pray often and every day for that. We pray for healings and signs and wonders, Lord, uh, as we go and witness and hear within these four walls. I want to say a word of healing to anyone who needs healing. If you, if you need healing, would you raise your hand? Or if you have a loved one at home who needs healing, would you raise your hand? I, I, just, I just really have faith today that some people are going to get healed. Because we've preached the word, we've, we've heard that where two or three agree on anything, it will be done, that the disciples prayed for signs and wonders so that their faith would be encouraged. So let's start with uh, kind of the, the ones we know are most sick. I want you to gather around Laura, I want you to gather around Shirley McWilliams for Bob, Let's gather around Myron, or uh, Myrna, sorry. And uh, let's gather around Susie for Sarah. Let's gather around Millard and Shirley. And um, these are the ones, at least, that came to mind as uh, ones in desperate straits. And so, Father, we, we want to say... To Laura, in the mighty name of Jesus, be healed by the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And we want to say to Bob McWilliams, in the name of Jesus, Bob, be healed 
by the blood of the Lamb. We want to say to Myrna, in the name of Jesus, Myrna, be healed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We want to pray for Sarah, Lord, and we want to say to Sarah's body, in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, be healed. He is the glory and the lifter of your head. Father, we pray for Millard and Shirley, and we say to them, Millard and Shirley, in the name of Jesus, be healed by the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, you are a miracle-working God. And all the others who are raising your hand right now, we say to you, be healed in the name of Jesus. We don't know who's going to be healed, but we believe somebody is going to be healed today. In Jesus' wonderful, beautiful, glorious name. God, we pray for signs and wonders for all three reasons to prove your reality, Lord, to build up our confidence and to see your lavish love. We believe somebody's going to be healed today. And now let's pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not as individuals, but as a body, knowing that there's great power if we pray together. So, Father, we pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit to come upon this congregation. We pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We pray for the, to, 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 to be immersed, Lord, in the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, to be overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. We pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit that we can speak the Word of God with boldness and be confident Christians in a dark age. Father, we ask, well, we, we want to declare that we know we'll never be effective witnesses without the fullness of your Spirit. We ask, Lord, for the fullness of your Holy Spirit. We pray this would be a new day, a new day for our church, who you love so much. We ask that you'd keep convicting us, Lord, to keep asking for these things, knowing that we are praying the way the very early church prayed and that we will become as they are. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is King of glory. In the days ahead, may we pray, and then may God plunder. 
May we pray, and then may you plunder, O Lord. In the days ahead, may we pray, and then you, O God, plunder. And we will always give you the glory in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.